Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Neil is going to come and preach. Um, We're going to start off our series in Colossians, you dropped a piece of paper. Now, that is that a really important piece of paper? It's not, apparently. It's probably an old bookmark or something that's fallen out of his Bible. I was just worried in case it was his notes. Um, we, don't, we don't want him to get veer too far off uh, from his notes. But um, here he is. I'm just going to pray for you. Um, Lord, we, we pray for Neil that as he comes to speak to us this morning, that we would hear your word to us, that we would uh, once again be excited by your word and once again filled with your Holy Spirit, that we might know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Great to be with you and uh, great to be starting a new series in Colossians. Uh, We sat down a few weeks ago and worked out the whole rotor for this term for preaching and already I've completely messed it up by not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, So from week one, it's probably not going to be in the order that we thought, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I want to do uh, an introduction to Colossians and just talk about what is on Paul's heart in in this uh, letter, um, because that's what it is. And uh, it's just an amazing letter. I really encourage you. It's only four chapters. I really encourage you to read it. Chapter one is just amazing and um, just capture the spirit. I just pray, Lord, as I bring your word this morning, just point us to Jesus. Just fill us again with your Holy Spirit. May we get excited by your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, are you ready for an adventure in Colossians? Uh, We're talking about being a disciple of Jesus over the coming weeks and months. And uh, this book is so great in telling us where we've come from, how we follow Jesus, and what to be careful of in our Christian lives. And Paul outlines all these things through this letter. Now, you have to remember this is a letter written by Paul to the church in Colossae. He's in Rome, in prison, and he writes this letter, and he writes the letter to the Ephesians uh, while he's in prison in Rome. He's not visited this church personally. It was planted by uh, Epaphras, one of his friends that had gone on with him on his missionary journeys. So Epaphras planted the church, and uh, it started to go off really well. It was like a little church plant, doing really well, and then some false teaching came in, And Paul in this letter wants to address that and to encourage this church, but also to point out some of the teaching that has come in that is wrong. Uh, So it's a a letter, it's personal, from Paul to them. And this letter is all about Jesus. It is all about how central Jesus Christ is to Christianity. It's Jesus full stop, not Jesus plus X, Y, or Z. And that is what Paul wants us to get from this book. 36 times in Colossians, Paul mentions that we are in Christ 
of Christ, from Christ and with Christ. How do I know? Because I went through and counted them myself, my little five-bar gates on my piece of paper. 36 times in four chapters, this is what Paul is saying. You are in Christ. You are from Christ. You are with Christ. And this is so important. He is central to the whole book, just as he is central to us today. It's the same. If they understand who Christ is, what he has done, and their position in Christ, this will bring everything else into perspective. And that is as true for us today as it was for the church in Colossae all that time ago. So what does Paul say? How does he start this amazing book? Chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, this is where he puts his central argument that Christ is supreme. This is what he wants us to focus on, that Jesus Christ is enough. Verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is not only equal to God, he is God and the exact representation of God. He reflects God and reveals God to us. He existed before creation and is supreme over all creation. He has all authority over the earth, both physical and spiritual. So right at the beginning, he's setting his stand and saying, this is who Christ is, this is who you have believed in, this is who Jesus is. He is God. He was with God before creation. He is God. He is the visible image of God on the earth. And much of the false teaching was the fact that they didn't believe that Christ could be God and man. And right away, Paul says that is not right. He is God and he was man. He's supreme over all creation, over everything. And he has all authority over the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 16, all things have been made by him and all things were created for him. This is true of things we can see and things we cannot see. So this is true of the physical world, of the things, but also the spiritual world as well. All things were created for him. Verse 17, he is before all things. In him all things hold together. Jesus sustains everything. Without him, everything descends into chaos. And that's true of us individually, and collectively. Your life may well be in chaos, but when you come to Jesus, he changes that. That is what Jesus does. He takes our chaotic lives and he brings us to Christ and brings stability. He reconciles us to God. Verse 18, he is the head of the church. He is the beginning and the first in everything, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Jesus has conquered death. And thus we have new life in Christ and will be raised from the dead when he returns. One of the other teachings was that it was impossible for Christ to be raised from the dead. And Paul counters that straight away and he says, no, you need to understand that this is really important. Jesus was raised from the dead. 
He beat death and therefore when he comes again you will also be raised. Verse 19. All of God's fullness was pleased to reside in Jesus. What a wonderful way of writing. All of God's fullness was pleased to reside in Jesus. Divine and human at the same time. It pleased God to give us his son as our saviour. Verse 20, all things are reconciled through him. He makes peace with everything in heaven and earth. Jesus gives us the opportunity to be reconciled to God. His death brings us life and peace with God the Father. Jesus is the reconciler. He reconciles us to God. He mends that which, which, which was broken. When sin came into the world, it broke our relationship with God. We were separate from God, the Bible tells us, and then Jesus comes and he reconciles those two sides. He reconciles God and he reconciles man and he brings them together. He reconciles us through the cross. Hallelujah. How amazing is Jesus. Paul wants us to know and understand how central Jesus is to the Christian life, to the church and to our very existence on this world. We can see from these verses that all the details of our lives find their fulfilment in Christ. We have been made by him, reconciled to God through him and are now for him. Hallelujah. As he goes on in chapter 1, he says how important it is for us to remember who we are. Now, one of my favourite films is The Lion King. And uh, in The Lion King, Rafiki, the wise monkey, has to go to Simba and he has to tell him, remember who you are. If you remember, he's uh, away having fun with Pumbaa and... uh, can't remember the other one. Simone. He's away uh, with Pumbaa and Simone having fun, Hakuna Matata, whatever it will be, will be. And the monkey comes and he bashes them over the head and he says to him, Remember who you are. You are the king. You need to go back and take your rightful place. And uh, with us, it's really important that we remember where we have come from. And that's why Paul says this in verse 21. He says, and this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from God. But now, hallelujah, but now he has reconciled you to himself through his death on the cross. And you stand holy and blameless before him without a single fault. Hallelujah. He's saying that to the church in Colossae. He's saying, remember where you came from. Once you didn't know God, once you were his enemies, once you were away from God, but now he's come and reconciled you and you stand before God holy and blameless without a single fault. And that is true of us today. That is what Jesus has done for us. He's reconciled us to God. He has given us Jesus' righteousness. It's all because of Jesus. Once you were guilty, Jesus comes and takes your sin and now you're not guilty. 
now you can come into God's presence. What a fab verse. Colossians 1, 21. This includes you and me. Hallelujah. And in verse 23, Paul says, continue to believe this truth and stand firm in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you became a Christian. And that's really important for us in this day and age, particularly with everything that is going on in the world, to stand firm in the truth of the word. The word of God is truth. The Holy Spirit brings truth. And Paul says, don't drift away from what you received when you first became a Christian. And we would say the same today. Don't drift away from the assurance that God gave to you when you become a Christian. You know, when you become a Christian, you know you're a Christian. How do you know? Because the Holy Spirit comes and witnesses with you that you're his, and he puts a seal on your heart. That's called the seal of the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to put into words, and people say, well... How do you know? And you say, well, I don't really know, but I do know. I know in my knower, whatever that is, I know in my soul, because the Holy Spirit witnesses that something has changed in me. The Holy Spirit has come. He is our witness. He is our seal. And that's assurance of your faith. And there are times when we doubt, am I even a Christian? There's things going on. Things are so hard. I'm really struggling. Am I saved? And God comes and says, yes you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says we have to stand sometimes firm. As the enemy comes, as our circumstances come and seek to overwhelm us, we stand firm in the truth that I am yours and you are mine forever. That is God's promise. We stand in the assurance of our faith by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important, as Dave said earlier on, to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Because as we are, the Holy Spirit comes and assures us of our salvation. He speaks to our spirit. He speaks to us. And we stand and receive from him. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you became a Christian. Finally, verse 27. Paul says, this is the mystery Christ in you, the hope of glory. This gives you the assurance you need and in fact is all you need. It may be a mystery, but it's truth. Christ in you. Christ is not something that we worship who's up in the clouds and is some ethereal being. He is inside us. This is a mystery. We don't totally understand how it works, but he says he comes and he lives with us in our hearts. He comes and he places his tabernacle where his presence is in our hearts. In the Old Testament, they used to have to go to the temple, to the tabernacle, to worship Jesus, because that's where God's presence was, in the temple. But now he says, that's no longer the case. Now my temple is in your heart. I have come to live in you. I am changing you from inside out, not from outside in. The Holy Spirit comes and works in our heart. And this is the wonderful truth of the gospel that we share. This is the wonderful truth that Paul was trying to get the church in Colossae to understand that Christ lived in them. Wonderful, wonderful truth. It's all about Jesus. 
This is so important for the church in Colossae because they had received some really bad teaching. And that bad teaching was that basically the gospel wasn't enough by itself. It wasn't enough to say you were of Jesus Christ, that Jesus had come and changed you or saved you. That wasn't enough. You had to have Jesus plus special knowledge. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. Or you had to have Jesus plus certain religious rituals that you had to do. Chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Or you had to have Jesus plus visions of angels and you were to worship angels. Chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. Or you had to have Jesus plus self-denial. Chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. This was the teaching that Jesus wasn't enough, it was Jesus plus something. And Paul wants to remind them here, and that's what he spent the whole of chapter 1 doing, is saying Jesus Christ is supreme, he is enough. You don't need all these additional things. Jesus is enough. You don't need special knowledge. Religious rituals are not necessary. You don't need to worship angels. Only Jesus is to be worshipped. And self-denial does not deal with the root cause of our situation, which is sin. You can deny yourself as much as you want, but it doesn't deal with your heart. And that's what Paul is trying to get them to understand, that it's your heart that needs to be changed, not doing outward stuff. You can do all the good works that you want to, but it doesn't change your heart. And Paul is saying, you need to understand that Jesus changes your heart. And it's the same for us. It's not about what good works we can do. It's not about what we can do. We could feed thousands of people. Is that enough? No. Because it hasn't changed our hearts inside. We're still sinners that need a saviour and that's why we need Jesus. Chapter 2 verse 1, Paul says this, I want the people to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself, hallelujah. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. You see, all the time Paul is bringing them back to Jesus. All the time it's about Jesus. You need to understand. We need to be careful of false teaching uh, and all that is available at the moment. We can be swayed by reasoned argument and opinion, but we need to keep Christ central in all our thoughts, what we watch, what we read on social media, Christ needs to be at the centre. If what you're watching doesn't line up with the Bible, doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you shouldn't be watching it. Because this is truth. This is God's Word. To us, to the church in Colossae, to Paul. It's God's Word. Christianity is Jesus plus nothing. He is all we need and all we have ever needed. 
Paul Moore, in his great commentary in Colossians, uh, Peter was just saying he'd read it this morning. It's excellent, really excellent. He says this, Jesus has completely changed our past. He is completely changing our present and he will continue to change our future if we continue in him. He is the only creator and the only saviour. He is all we ever need. It's Jesus plus nothing. Or it really isn't Jesus at all. It's all about Jesus. It always has been and it always will be. He reigns supreme. He is the one who has come to live in your heart. He is the one you need. Make sure that whatever you do, you give all the glory to Jesus. Now, when I was preparing this, I wondered what Paul would do if he was writing to Church in the Peak. And uh, so I wrote a letter from Paul to Church in the Peak. Now this was, this is a letter, so I wrote it in one one hit. It's not been tampered with, fiddled with, or changed. I just wrote it. So you're going to have to go with it. So, dear Church in the Peak, greetings in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We hear of your hard work with the poor and disadvantaged, and that God has wonderfully supplied all your needs, beyond your expectations. And that is the God we all serve, always doing more than we ask or think. All glory to God who supplies all our needs through Christ Jesus. We hear that you faithfully preach Christ crucified and the wonderful grace that we receive at God's hand and that the Holy Spirit continues to speak to you, leading and guiding your ministry. For this we give thanks and would encourage the gifts of the Spirit in your gatherings. He always points us to Jesus, who is our wonderful Saviour. We know these are difficult times for you, and that you can't meet together in fellowship, so we would remind you that Christ is supreme over all. He is the beginning and the end, King of kings and Lord of lords. And no matter what our situation, he is in control and does not leave us by ourselves. Do not look to your circumstances, but look to Jesus. Lift your eyes to him, and let your perspective be changed and your hope renewed. Remember what God has done in your lives already. Once you were far away from God, doing your own thing, but he has brought you back, rescued you, and saved you. Our hope is in Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be careful about false teaching, what you watch and what you read, social media and men's thoughts and understanding. Let the Holy Spirit guide you as to what is right or wrong, as the Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. He is the comforter and guide that Jesus left us when he returned to the Father.
let your thoughts be taken up by Jesus, who has reconciled you to God and made you right with God by his amazing sacrifice. Do not neglect the word of God. Let it dwell in your hearts richly and let the truth of his words penetrate your hearts and minds. I can do no more than once again point you to Jesus, who was with God from the beginning, is in all things he holds together, and he now sits on the Father's right hand in his rightful place. God sacrificed his only Son that you may have life. He gives us his righteousness. And although we were all guilty because of our sinful nature, we are now found not guilty and free because of Jesus. Give him your praise and worship, for he is worthy of all honour and glory. Continue to love and support each other, praying for one another and bearing each other's burdens as Christ himself does for us. We look forward to meeting you when this pandemic is over. And in the, in the meantime, do not forget the hope that Jesus has placed in your heart. We send our love and prayers. May God's grace and peace be with you all. Amen. So we're going to come and worship this last song. It's all about Jesus. And we want to give him our praise and our glory this morning. He's a wonderful, wonderful saviour. <laughs>